What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, December 20th. Reyes is here with me as always. And Reyes, I haven't told you this yet. So before I forget, I'm going to say this in my best movie accent that I can do. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. That is just awful. How are you going to hate on my my accent like that? Let's hear you do something like that. I'm not going to try it. I don't think I need to, but it just wasn't great. Like I said, I appreciate the theatrics, you know. (laughs) Theatrics. I'll I'll pay for your schooling if you want to ever decide to do theater school. Hey, let me ask you this. Which studio do you like better? Do you like my home studio or do you like my school studio? I like the school getup. No, I do. That's tough. The home getup. <laughs> the home getup's pretty interesting. I, you know, for those of you who listen, obviously our podcast is only uh, audio based. Thank goodness. Maybe sometime in the future, who knows? You'll probably we'll probably get some videos so you guys can be able to watch us talk. But for now, if you guys would see uh, Coach Loretta's home base setup, you guys would be quite fascinated by it the words i should say is fascinating it's quite interesting actually so it's top of the line top of the line equipment it's legit yeah you got like the christmas lights you think it has like the lighting like it's just great (laughs) you didn't even say merry christmas back i don't think i don't think i did merry christmas to you merry christmas to all our listeners i mean it's a happy it's a happy week man it's gonna be a great week Uh, since it's christmas Reyes, what's your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Oh, man. I would just have to say the Home Alone. Home Alone 1 and 2 are probably my favorites. Home Alone 3 is all right. It's not, like, the best, obviously. It's kind of like a remake. But, I mean, it's decent. I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. Other than that, I'm not really into Christmas movies. The Grinch doesn't really get to me. Uh, Elf is pretty funny with Will Ferrell. I, Do you I think that Elf and Will Ferrell is funnier than The Grinch and Jim Carrey? just my yeah i i don't know jim carrey is pretty funny but i like jim carrey from like the mask uh the scene where he's in the little car driving and he crashes and it explodes that's one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen on a movie i don't know dude when he was i forgot i can't go scene for scene for the mask but i just forgot what scene it was but i think when they're like in the like club or something like that and i don't know just the way i don't know the mask is just like one of the but one of my favorite all-time movies probably it's funny it's not a christmas movie though it's not probably Home Alone one and two. Have you ever seen the video where they talk about the Home Alone tricks and how it actually probably would have killed them like multiple times? No. You should. I'm gonna send it to you. It's crazy. Yeah, that yeah, movie is actually kind of dark. If it actually happened, those people would be dead. There's no way they'd survive that. Well, if you think about it, like I remember one scene in particular <laughs> where wasn't it when there is? I think it's Home Alone one. When he had like the paint buckets. I was just he, thinking about that one. That's one of the ones that's in the video. And he hits him clear in the floor and then he drops like two flights of stairs, it seems like. 
Yeah, that would have been good. That was one on the video, and I think it said that probably would have killed him. So next time you guys are watching Home Alone, maybe if you're watching it as a Christmas movie, as a family, know that you're probably watching those people realistically die a couple times. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is Gremlins. Nothing gets me in the mood for Christmas like Gremlins, and I know you haven't seen that, Reyes. You need to watch Gremlins. Nothing will get you in the Christmas spirit more than that movie. It's awesome. I, I, I'd beg to differ. Uh, maybe. Actually, I don't know. Really, I never really heard of it. You don't even know, so you can't, you can't argue. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Coaches and players, we know that you guys have a lot going on lately. You got games, practices, especially for you guys who are teachers and coaches. You're just wrapping up finals and just getting ready for Christmas. It's been a lot, and you guys have been busy. Here's a wake-up call for you. Christmas is in six days. Christmas is in five days, all right? If you have been a slacker, if you haven't got your presents, you got to get those presents ordered and wrapped. It's time to get into the Christmas spirit. If you haven't been getting into it, check it out. Here's a song that will hopefully get you in the mood for ordering some Christmas presents. Check it out. Since it is the holidays, we're feeling really, really generous. From now until the end of the year, one of you will have an opportunity to win free Phoenix Suns tickets. Be sure to check out our social media for more details. We're excited to give one of you guys a late Christmas present. And Reyes, I mean, the Suns are a lot of fun to watch nowadays. It'd be fun to see, you know, one of you guys, I mean, two of you guys technically could be a lucky winner. You know what I mean? We're going to be offering uh, tickets. It's going to be quite the show. Like I said, check out our social media page. Make sure you're following that to stay updated with that. Uh, we're just trying to grant some late Christmas wishes that someone probably is dying to go to a Suns game. Be on the lookout on our social media. We're going to give one of you guys an opportunity to win some free Phoenix Suns tickets as a late Christmas present. We had a great early Christmas present in the form of a game, though. Last week, our matchup of the week was Pushridge at Valley Christian, and we picked Pushridge to beat Valley on the road. I know you guys saw my merch that I was wearing. Shout out to Pushridge. Shout out to Kelly Franco, our unofficial mom of the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, always supporting us, hyping us up showing us some love. We appreciate it. This game, I know, Ray, you got to go pull up in it. We picked Pushridge to win. The final score was Valley Christian 78, Pushridge 62. Reyes, answer this question for me. Are you ready to say that Valley is the undisputed number one team in the 3A? It's hard to argue. I mean, I'm, I'm leaning that way right now. I mean, see, there's a couple other teams that they haven't faced yet. But looking at it from the outside in, I mean, he, they're tough. And I'm kind of with – I'm like a 90-10 on it. You know what I mean? I'm like 10% like, I don't know, but 90% like, yeah, like they're a top team in the 3A for sure. I mean, they always have been, but that pinnacle of the 3A on the top tier for sure. But do you think that undisputed number one team? Undis I mean, it's so tough, man, because then you look at other – you get to think about other teams, you know what I mean? Like, cool, just having a pretty good start – um all right but i'm not talking about a pretty good start i'm talking about they're the best right, right now they're winning it all if the tournament started today which would be weird they win it all 
I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't know why I say that, but I just feel like there's some other 3A teams that are in different regions that we kind of know that just have something that not necessarily will probably win it all, but I feel like they just have like different matchups that could probably benefit them against Valley Christian. Okay, I see that. And I know that you got to go to the game. I did. And, you know, you got to pull up a little bit. Tell me about – I was watching on NFHS. I wasn't able to be there in person. But tell me about just the atmosphere there because it seemed like the crowd was hopping, man. The gym was packed. It looked like a lot of fun. It was great, man. When we showed up, man, there was more people for the girls' game and then the boys' game, believe it or not. The girls – Oh, yeah, the varsity girls' game was packed. Pushers seemed confident. Valley Christian, you know, they're coming out confident. Their whole, like, little warm-up and even, like, their introduction, they turn off all the lights, have a little spotlight – is this for they, Valley? Yeah, it's for Valley. And they like have a little spotlight. <laughs> and then once they call your number, they shine on you and then you go up, you know? It was actually pretty cool. Um did they have was, smoke? I don't know they didn't, but okay, that would have been right. that would have been pretty cool though, honestly. But like just just the start of the game, fairly, you know, turnovers from each team. They're trying to get a feel for each other. And then Valley happened. Caleb Shaw happened. And he the, the story of the night, long story short, was Caleb Shaw, you know, just creating, not just for himself, but for others. I mean, he set up one of his teammates, number 12. I think he ended up with like 20, 23 points, and he was getting wide open looks from the three. I, I mean, we mentioned before, Valley, if you leave them open, they can knock down some shots. Right. I felt that Pushridge did overall, I feel like they could have done better. Uh, they played, they started on a 1-3-1 uh, Valley Christian kind of figured that out pretty easy and was able to get some easy duck-ins, like literally by the basket. Uh, like I said, wide open threes. Caleb Shaw was able to attack off of it. And then uh, Push Rich went to a 2-3, and, you know, I thought they played a pretty aggressive. You know, the two guards up top, uh, they played pretty aggressive, met Caleb Shaw or his little brother up on the key. They were doing a pretty decent job getting the ball out of his hands. But then, like I said, like they were just overcommitting so much that it would just leave like a wide open corner or – Valley Christians use their ball fix pretty well. So they're actually able to get some pretty good looks. Um, Caleb Shaw, actually, I don't know. We weren't really going to talk about this, but he actually had three dunks. Or he had five total. I was in the car, and I was watching this, not while I was driving. And I literally, the second NFHS clicked on, that was the first thing I saw. It was a transition dunk. And I was like, oh, shoot. Is he got up pretty good. He got up pretty good. I mean, he attacked it off the two, three, and just went up. There's a kid that tried to challenge him. And he just kind of elevated over the kid and, you know, put it on him. But like, so overall, I just felt like Pushridge could have adjusted way better. I mean, they went, they finally went to a man, but it was kind of like a little bit later in the third. And you they said they made saw, a push, right? They made, I was about to say, they had some success in that. It's not that Pushridge cannot play man, because I feel like they're a pretty solid defensively team. It's just, I wish they probably would have went to man earlier, maybe that second quarter, just to give them something. Because I mean, when they went to man, Valley Christian's offense was became a little bit stagnant. They weren't really getting the looks they wanted. And Push Ridge was hitting some threes. So I mean, maybe if Push Ridge would have done it sooner, I'm not saying the game. I'm not saying Push Ridge would have won, but I feel like the game probably would have been a little bit closer. My favorite thing about this game is that Coach Miko didn't try to do a box and one. I think that was really smart. I've never had a team or seen a team that has this type of firepower. And their scores, if you look at their game, each game is kind of in the 70s, 75, 78. So they're, they're all really high scoring. They got a lot of firepower. They can score 
the basketball and they can score it with anybody because a lot of these teams are against some of the better teams that they played against in their own tournament at the beginning of uh, the season. I think playing against Valley, one of the keys for any team moving forward will be changing up defenses to keep them from getting too comfortable because also at the top of the list, getting quality looks against their zone because if you can't score, Caleb Shaw gets that ball. And when he gets out in transition, he's really hard. Valley Christian was so effective in transition against Pushridge. And, you know, kind of what you were saying, Pushridge struggled to get quality looks consistently. And I thought one of the biggest killers for Pushridge, especially in a plan against the zone that Valley Christian was in, they struggled to shoot the ball early, especially, I mean, their best kid, their best offensive option is Tertel. He's averaging 21.8 points per game on 52% from the three. He struggled in that first half. I can see Pushridge really rebounding and doing well. They, they're going to be competing in the Aztec Classic Christmas Invitational on December 20th. There should be some good games for them to get back on track. But this is a fun game. And I'm sad to say we predicted wrong. But Pushridge, in our mind, is still one of the top teams in the 3A. And they're just going to keep getting better and better as the year goes on. Another game that we're able to tune into this week was Miami at Globe. And this is a pretty close game. Globe is still rolling through teams, though. They were able to remain undefeated in the regular season with their win over Miami. I haven't seen Globe yet, but I know you have. What's all the hype about, man? So the hype is, I don't know if it's really hype or anything like that. You know, Globe seems like they have a pretty good guard set, honestly. I'm trying to forget the numbers right now, but I just remember they're big. I think it was number 54 or 34. On max preps, guess how much they, guess what height they listed them as. This is their big? Yeah. Hold on, are we going like crazy tall or crazy short? Just guess. It doesn't matter. Just guess. It'd be, it's pretty funny. 5'3"? They listed him as, no, not that short. They listed him as 5'9". <laughs> oh, the kid's man, about I feel six, six, The kid's about 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, Oh, nice. Yeah, so Globe got some height to him, and the kid played tough, man. You know, he has a really soft touch. His footwork's nice in the paint. Uh, he was able to block a lot of shots. I think he had, like, six blocks against his Miami. I'm not even kidding. Mm. Talk about a rim protector. He's not afraid to challenge you. Uh, he can shoot the mid-range a little bit. Um, Globe, they shot the ball pretty well overall. I felt like Miami's a Gabe Escobedo, if I'm not mistaken. He right. had a pretty off night. It seemed like it just wasn't – Nothing was really going for him. He took a lot of shots. They just weren't falling. You know, sometimes, hey, it happens. But Globe was able to capitalize uh, their pressure, just how aggressive they are on offense. They were really able to take it to Miami. I just didn't really see Miami having a fighting chance. And, you know, the score kind of shows Globe pretty much had control throughout the whole game. Globe is going to be a really interesting team moving forward. Seeing some of the games that they've been able to compete in early on, you know, your eyes are just kind of drawn to them because – they seem to be very competitive, at least right now. We'll see if it keeps going throughout the season. Next up, Globe takes on a really interesting team, Madison Highland out of the two-way and Anisu Adeoye, the leading scorer in all of Arizona. It'll be fun to see that matchup as well. Just from looking at Globe, do you feel like they have a defender that could maybe lock up Anisu Adeoye? I don't like know. Like one-on-one, you think? One-on-one, -on -one, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they have a kid that will probably step up to the plate. You know, Globe did play a little bit of zone against Miami, but for the most part, they were in man. Um, it's going to be hard if Anisu wants to attack the rim because, like I said, Globe has that rim protector. I, I wish I knew his name. There's no number 34, 54. And they said he, 
he doesn't jump a lot. You know what I mean? He's he has a pretty good timing for his blocks. And like I said, if um if you're just driving him recklessly, he's gonna swap that out of there. It's gonna be interesting to watch them match up because Anissa Odeawe is still putting up big numbers. I think right now he's at 33.7 or 33.1 points per game. So he's still leading all of Arizona. We'll see if he can keep that up against the Globe squad that's playing pretty good right now. And the last game that I got to check out this past week was a great battle in the 1A, Desert Christian versus Hayden. Both teams were undefeated, which is why this game really stood out to me and I wanted to tune in. Here's some kids that really jumped out at me because if you're in the 1A and you're listening to this, Hayden is good. They've got some great kids that can really impact the game. You need to be aware of them. Number 11, name is Collier, who's only averaging four points per game. He's a lefty. And Collier is really, really quick. He's shifty. If you let him go left, he will burn by everybody on the squad. He's really explosive and hard to stay in front of. They got number one, Garner, who averages 16 points per game, five rebounds, two steals. He's tough. You got number two, Elvira, 13 points per game, two steals. He had some big threes for them in this game. And number five, Castillo, had 17 points per game and nine rebounds. I really like his game. He likes to post up and he likes to play really big inside. Something about Hayden that's interesting is they get out and transition really, really well. And all of these kids that I mentioned, even though number, number, number five, Castillo, he likes to post up. They're all super hard to stay in front of. Their guards all together are just really, really a force to deal with. Desert Christian, on the other hand, they had a kid number 14. His name is Riley Joyle. He's really tough off the dribble, a really nice athlete, good finisher, especially with contact. And you got number 23, Connor O'Reilly, eerily close to O'Malley. He's a really good shooter from the outside. He's about 6'3". And all in all, Desert Christian has really nice shooting as a team, and they're really high-energy kids. And both of these teams, they really run similar action. They try to spread you out and attack off the dribble, or they try to attack off of cuts and rub screens that are off the ball. Desert Christian really settled for tough contested shots in the second half. It really allowed for Hayden to get a rebound and just go in transition. And once they were gone, it was either a layup, a rebound putback or a foul, and they had two free throws. Hayden has a ton of weapons. They're difficult to stay in front of. They're one of the best teams in the 1A that I've been able to watch this year. They'll be over at the Santa Cruz Valley Tournament after Christmas, so it's going to be a great one for them, and we'll see how they compete. I'm going to make a bold statement, Reyes. You ready for this? Ooh, I guess so, yeah. It's probably not as bold as you think. The 1A has the best mascots in Arizona small ball. You know, they have some pretty good ones. You know, I think in the two-way, like, I felt like when I was looking at some of the logos, like Scottsdale Christian, I think Santa Rita, and I forgot what other one. They all have the same logo. It's literally Eagles. Literally just a different color. I'm not even kidding. If you look at their logos, it's literally the same, just different color. Is it really? Yes. I'm not even, yeah. So, I mean, the one I have I'm looking at it right now. You keep going. I'm looking at it. No, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the one I have some pretty interesting mascots. I think the 3A – I like some of the 3A mascots. I think the Coolidge Bear can have some work on it. It looks kind of scary. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. Intimidating, it's a, it's supposed to look scary, man. It looks a little scary. You know? I'm a little scared of it. I'm not going to lie. I thought um, – I forgot what that mascot is. I was literally just working on our on our website, which is coming soon. And I was looking at some of the logos. And Hey, you're right about Scottsdale. It is the same one. It's just a different color. I didn't even realize that. Color. Come on. Don't get lazy, you guys. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a pretty bold statement though. The one A had the best. Ooh, I, actually, because they said the, I think the one A, I think it's bases Flagstaff or something like that. They have like a Yeti. Okay, just listen to these. Okay, I'm gonna read these off because they're I, I like them. The Centurions, the okay. Lightning. That's Cicero Prep and Lincoln Prep. Mm-hmm. The Miners. Sam Manuel. The Sultans. Ooh, I don't know who that was. It's Baghdad. It's like a little genie. It's so cool. The frogs, obviously. My dogs, the frogs over at Salome. You know, I love them. And then you got the Grizzlies. I love the Grizzlies. You got the the Blue Devils. That's so cool, man. And then you got the Yetis, the Phantoms. It's just like a hoodie that's empty. That's so funny. You know who else has the same logo, too? Is like, I think River Valley and Santa Cruz Valley. Is it like a Dust Devil thing? Yeah, I think it's like this, but like literally the same. I'm not even kidding. Maybe um, yeah, anyways, I, I just wanted to say that because I was looking at all these teams. And I was like, man, the 1A's got some sweet mascots. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Show some love to you guys in the 1A. Two really top teams, Hayden, Desert Christian. Hayden, I like looking forward. They're going to be uh, definitely really tough coming into the playoffs. First up this week, we got the Casa Grand Tournament that has some great small ball teams competing against some bigger schools. Uh, listen to this lineup over at Casa Grande in this tournament. Okay, It's pretty loaded. You got Poston Butte, Williamsfield. Poston. Santa... Is it Poston? I think it's Poston. Oh, yeah, I hope right. it is. I hope so. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Poston Butte, Williamsfield, Santa Cruz Valley, Coolidge, Eastmark, Maricopa, Gila Ridge, Sierra Linda, Page, Vista Grande, Copper Canyon, Empire, Sabino, Casa Grande, obviously, Pueblo, and Marcos Denise, what do you think about that lineup of teams just off hearing them? Oh, that's, I mean, you're looking at some of the top 4A teams and even some of the, you have some 3A teams that are top. I know I heard Coolidge uh, and Sabino, and you have L, as well as um, Eastmark as well. Um, you said Empire's in there. I know we haven't really talked about them as much. But yeah, Empire's in there. They're Empire. the Ravens. Yeah. So, I mean, that should be interesting to see. But just from the looks of it, just from the usual those list of teams, uh, this tournament's going to be nothing but fireworks it seems like i see like a bunch of dogs ready to get after defensively i feel like it's gonna be a defensive clinic over there down in casa grand and it should be good it should be fun you think a lot of low scoring games mm, the define low scoring i don't think any like 40s Richard, into the 50s i say 50 60s so i guess a little bit higher scoring okay well the a game i wanted to highlight just to start off this tournament because this tournament opens up at 9 a.m. and it's Sabino versus Coolidge. And I gotta tell you, dude, for tournaments, I hate 9 a.m. games. They're the worst. It is not fun, you know what I mean? Especially if like tournaments are supposed to be fun. It's a great way to team bond. Uh it's fun to really build connection with your kids and really just get to know them a little bit better and just have fun, you know what I mean? So, you know, if you like like us, we enjoy you know, team bonding with our kids. We like doing late night activities. We usually play like some board games or just some team activities. And so sometimes they can get a board little... games. <laughs> we play board games. Have we? I think we have. Yes. I don't, we... I don't remember ever playing board games. I don't know. I remember the ping pong tournament that got way out of hand. That got way out of hand. Yeah. We, so we do like little things like that. Regardless, I, I guess when we've done some board games, maybe I'm lying. Um, <laughs> it's a dream. It was a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> 
but sometimes you stay up a little bit later than usual and then you have a morning game the, the next day and you're just not wanting to play. So hopefully these two teams get well rested. Hopefully they come ready to play because I would I really want to see these two teams give each other their best effort. And Sabino versus Coolidge. Well, let me just say this. I hated 9 a.m. games as a player because I felt like it took a lot of effort for me to get up and like warmed up and my body ready to go. And I always felt like my teammates never really did it as much. So it was just kind of hard. And then as a coach, I just worry about the kids, you know, staying up late. Let's just like what you said. And I just hate the 9am games. I always feel like whoever is sweating more after warmups usually wins a 9am game, you know, because they're warmed up and, and they're just ready to go. Uh, I'm really excited about this matchup, though, because Sabino has Weston Habig. He is a stud that can score the basketball. He is third in all of Arizona in scoring, averaging 29 points per game. I'm really excited to see him in action against Coolidge, who's led by Mark Clegg. We've mentioned him before. He's averaging 16 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. And Coolidge is also led by Gant, 17 points per game, five rebounds, three assists, and two steals. So I'm really excited to see them play. Uh, we know quite a bit about these teams. Reyes, who you got in this one? Who do you think takes this 9 a.m. game? My heart says Sabino, but my gut is telling me Coolidge is going to come out on top, and I think it's going to be a very close one. Okay, give me a score. What do you think? I'm going to go with my heart, and I think Sabino beats Coolidge. I'm going to say 65-55. Okay, so I got Sabino winning as well, but I have him winning by eight, and I say it's 59 to 51. The thing with Sabino is they have just, we mentioned this in, a, in an earlier episode, they have played more big schools on their regular schedule, not just tournaments, I'm talking about regular schedule than any other team that I've seen. They are going to be rolling into their conference play, battle-tested and ready to go, and this Weston Habig is playing like a stud, He's only a junior, so he's going to be back next year as well. So this kid is a stud. He's playing tough. I can't wait to watch him compete against each other. Let's talk about this. We mentioned all these teams on there. Who do you see coming out on top of this tournament at Casa Grande? Who do you think comes in first place? The champion. In first place, I mean, despite – I mean, he, he got some pretty good ones like Marco Deniza, which is in the 4A, I think, or 5A, uh, Copper Canyon. You have Vista Do you Grant. think it's a big school or a smaller school? I think of I I truly believe, and I hate to say this, I think if anybody's gonna really contest it's either gonna be Coolidge or Sabino. I can I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Sabino makes it all the way to the championship game. But why not? You know, I think let's say let's I'm gonna say let's say let's just say Sabino takes it, but in my heart is saying, you know, a big school is probably gonna take it. See, I got Sabino winning it as well. Uh, looking at I was looking at a lot of these teams and looking at their their records and their schedules. Um we, we just want to be clear, and you guys know this listening to it, just because you play against a 4A or a 5A, it does not mean that you're automatically at a disadvantage. It, it's not like there's this massive separation between some of these teams in Sabino or Coolidge or Eastmark. I think that these teams are honestly the small ball teams are some of the best teams in this tournament. So I picked Sabino to come out on top. I picked Eastmark to be third. Ooh, that's really interesting. I would have Coolidge coming in at third, I think. Okay. Yeah, and and I think that one of the best bigger schools that's in this is Pueblo. But I've got Sabino taking it all, and uh, we'll see if, uh, yeah, they can uh, get this win over here right before Christmas so they can go into Christmas feeling really happy. 
I agree. I agree. I agree. Get an <laughs> I agree shirt. <laughs> I agree. Oh man, that's so funny. You do say I agree a lot, but you know it's it's all good. That's perfect. I'm pretty sure people would love that shirt. I agree and put little race rare right there. And then it'd be cool. That I think anything you would just slap your name on the bottom, I think people would buy it. I think so too. Hopefully, you know, let me know, small ball fans. Like mashed potatoes, whatever, Christmas tree, right? Whatever. I think they'd just be down with it. My name. <laughs> just your name or a picture of your face. <laughs> Okay, uh, I just really went off the rails, but I controlled myself there. Okay, and then another tournament that's happening before Christmas is Safford is hosting their Eastern Arizona Christmas tournament, and this one's pretty cool. It's definitely not with a lot of bigger schools, but let me just read you who's going on and who's going to be competing here at this tournament. You got Duncan, St. David, Morenci, Pima, Fort Thomas, Thatcher, Safford, and Wilcox. Okay, well, who do you think, just by listening to those teams, who do you think coming out on top on that one? I think Thatcher. I think Thatcher comes out on top. Who, who do you think is their best challenge in this? Because I have Thatcher as well. Who do you think is their best challenge in it? I think Pima's their best challenge, but don't be sleeping on undefeated Wilcox. Yeah, so Wilcox is pretty good, especially looking at their, their record and their schedule, who they've played and all that. Uh, let, let me just read to you some of these games that Wilcox has had. So right now in the regular season, they're sitting at 5-0. and let, Let's talk about even just their tournament play. They beat Patagonia Union 64-28, beat San Simon 61-28. They beat Hayden, which we just talked about earlier in the pod, 55-45. They lost to Duncan twice in that early tournament. They beat Patagonia Union again 55-36. They beat Santa Rita 54-47. They drilled St. Augustine 56 to 27. They beat Empire 68 to 47. They're, they're just rolling right now. So I think Wilcox and Pima is going to be a really, really good matchup because Pima opens up play against undefeated Wilcox. Some of the things that Pima's been able to do, they look really tough. And just watching them, I got to watch their Santan Charter game where they played really well in. But since then, they've just been rolling, man. They beat Safford 81 to 28. They beat St. David 63 to 31. They beat Snowflake 55 to 52. So that's a huge win for Pima. Them taking on Wilcox, I think it's going to be a really good game. In this matchup, Pima versus Wilcox, who do you think wins this? Uh, I'd have to say Pima. I think Pima's athleticism, their length on their kids, they got some pretty good size. I'm not saying Wilcox, Wilcox doesn't. I just think that with what Pima has as compared to Wilcox, I think the matchup is just going to be a little bit tougher for Wilcox to handle. And I just think that Pima probably has a little bit more experience, I would imagine, against Wilcox. I got Pima as well. We're agreeing way too much right now. I hate it. I got I Pima by six. I got him winning 66 to 60 because I still think it's going to be a close competitive game. I think this Pima is, runs away with it. Like, what do you mean? How, how much? Probably 15. This would by far be the best team that Wilcox has played. So we'll really get to see what, what they're made of. And, uh, yeah, we'll just – we'll see how this thing shakes out. I also have Thatcher winning this tournament, ending up on top. I had Pima in second, and then I got Morenci in third because Morenci is also is also playing pretty good. So I'm really liking this tournament. I think it's going to be really good and competitive for even some of these 1As that's in there, like, like a Fort Thomas, and kind of see how they shake out. And then we got to talk about – this is our last tournament that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get out of here. we got to talk about Rancho. 
Okay, they are participating in the Visit Mesa Basketball Classic. And they're the lone small school, unless I'm missing one. They are the lone small school in this tournament. And I wanted to highlight it because they're just playing up. And these are not just like big schools. These are some of the top big schools. I mean, this is a, this is a tournament to be in, man. So listen to this, this lineup. And just, you know, when you hear Rancho, you'll see where they're at. Pinnacle, Corona del Sol, South Point Catholic, Rancho, Red Mountain, Perry, Chaparral, Sunny Slope, Brophy Prep, Desert Vista, Mountain View Mesa, Mesquite, Smoky Hill from Colorado, Broken Arrow from Oklahoma, uh, Regis Jesuit from Colorado, and Davis out of Utah. That is a slate. How do you think? So Rancho Solano opens up play against Smoky Hill out of Colorado. I looked it up. They're a 5A out of Colorado. How do you think Rancho does in this tournament? I think Rancho will compete. Because, I, I mean, like, like I said, you know, I think Scottsdale Christian played a couple of 5As and 6As, and they, you know, they won and, you know, they lost some. But I think, just like I said, I think our, anybody, any of the top teams in the small ball can compete with any of the big schools. I mean, we've seen it firsthand. Right. But with this, with this tournament, I'm not even kidding, Coach. When you say the name, the teams you listed, you probably listed, like, the top, like, 10, top 13 teams in the 6A, in the 5A. I think South Point Catholic. I mean, in the state of Arizona, you know what I mean? In the state of Arizona, that's what I'm saying. Like, South Point Catholic, I think like a year or two ago, they won the state championship. Uh, you have Pinnacle, who's a high-grade 6A team. Uh, Red Mountain's always in the conversation between the top five team. Uh, Perry's usually number one or number two, sometimes even number three. Uh, Brophy Prep is tough. And you got Sunny Slope, man. Sunny Slope got some dogs with it. I think they got a kid named Elijah Sanders. I think he committed to San Diego State, if I'm not mistaken. Um Slunny Slope got some killers with them, man. So, I mean, I think they won this uh, 6A championship last year. Mountain View, we got Mesquite, with who Mesquite last year, I think, if I remember correctly, played pretty tough. And they finished, like, I think they only had, like, one or two losses, but they ended up losing the, you know, playoffs. So, I mean, out of those teams, I mean, it's just going to be a tough road. I think Rancho Solano will compete as pretty well. Um, it's going to be quite interesting to see, like, who comes out on top in this tournament. I can see Rancho making a push, but, I mean – I guess I don't really know much about the Smoky Hill or Broken Arrow. Right, right. So those are the ones that are kind of like the foggy. Yeah, and I mean, so they open up play against Smoky Hill out of Colorado, and then they go to Corona del Sol, and then they play against Perry. So, I mean, the the lineup that they have is tough. I really like, and I, I remember this every year, Coach Trigg always sends Rancho into these big-name tournaments and plays against these massive schools. I love it. Because I think it's just getting Rancho ready to play against Scottsdale at the end. And, yeah, man, it's, that's going to be a matchup that I'm going to be so excited to see. I know we say that probably too much on the pod. But I got a chance to watch Rancho Solano this past week against ALA Gilbert North. Let me tell you what, man, Coach Trigg, he runs some great stuff for his kids, some great screening action from the high ball screen. They also run some great sets to get their players with the ball in perfect spots and with mismatches. Vargas, you know, we talked about Noah Vargas a little bit, or we've talked about him a lot. His little brother is a great point guard for them, though. He is calming and patient. He gets them into their offense. He gets them into their sets. He really handles himself well out there. They are super aggressive on the ball on defense. I love how they jump those on-ball screens. You can tell they really make a point of emphasis to do that. And another player that we've talked about is uh, Ramos, Royce Ramos. 
he can shoot the ball, man. In this game that I watched, he had three threes in the first half, and it looks like they actually tried to get him the ball out there on the perimeter. They run some sets where Deanna's dives to the rim and Ramos stays out to the three-point line. So you got two options as a point guard. You either look for the dive or you look for the pop, and you get either or, and it's pretty much going to go in. They're really effective, and they're a really good team. I mean, I see them running a lot of sets just like Scottsdale does. Man, this game, I think it's going to be like a three-point game when they do finally meet. You know what's funny? We keep talking about Scottsdale and Rancho meeting, Scottsdale and Rancho meeting. What if they both get upset? Like, imagine, that could happen. Now, now, now just, to, just to be clear, I was talking about their regular season game that they have at the end of the season. Yes. But we did pick them to be, you know, at the top. So, I mean, yeah, I it's, it's possible. I just – can you see a world right now where they don't make it to the championship? I can't, man. I really can't. I can't either, man. That's just – I it would, it would be very, very surprising. I would be – I would be not shocked. Like I said, you could do have like a Trivium prep. I think Trivium – I mean, they've already met. So, I mean, you kind of got that. But, I mean, as the season progresses, some of these two-way teams, you know, we'll see who's really knocking on the door and who's for reals at the end of the year. But, man, I just I just keep thinking about that. For whatever reason, like, what if? And there's a lot of good teams in the two-way. You know, we, we've talked about some of them. You know, Trivium, Madison Highland. Pima was right there last year. We thought – I remember I thought, like, Pima didn't have a shot against Rancho. And what was it, like a five-point game or something like that? Yeah. And don't forget about Highland Prep. Highland Prep. I was just about to say them. I mean, Santan Charter. Like, like there's good teams. But, man, Scottsdale and Rancho, they're just – they're different, man. They, you, I mean, we know this. They would compete anywhere you put them in any conference. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's why they're the teams that are playing against, like, the 6As and the 5As. And not just, like, any order. Not like the – below 500 teams they're playing like no like they're playing the top 10 6a 5a teams to prove right. that like, they're they're legit it's going to be a lot of fun no matter how things shake out to look at some of these christmas tournaments and i remember as a player even as a coach it's so much fun to play basketball or to coach hoops during the holidays and it's just going to be awesome to follow some of these games and watch them. We're going to be heading over next week to uh, the Judy Dixon tournament. So we'll be over there watching some games. Uh, we're going to try to tune in online for uh, as many games as we can on NFHS or just links and things. What I wanted to emphasize is coaches, if you have a kid that you feel is, and we've already gotten a lot of stuff from you guys, but if you feel like you have a kid that is, is doing really well, he's playing really well, and you want some people to know about him, man, shoot us a message on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, on any of our platforms. And our goal is to talk and highlight kids that don't get talked about enough. So don't hesitate to do any of that stuff. We want to help you guys out. We want to give your kids as much exposure as possible. We're going to get out of here, but be on the lookout for our next episode that's coming up this Monday. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. And be sure to like and follow the show. Drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts if you want to show some love. And we'll catch you guys next time.